Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart in leadership. Let's lead well. Hello and welcome to the Lead Well podcast. This is your host, Javon Legans, and we are back. We really hope that you are enjoying your summer. We are excited to be back with you, and we just thank you for coming along with us as we go on this leadership and discipleship journey. And speaking of discipleship, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about that today. Today, we have back with us Pastor Todd, and the last time we had Pastor Todd with us, we talked about discipleship. We talked about what it was, we talked about what it wasn't, we talked about the things that keep us from discipleship. But today, Pastor Todd, if you don't mind, I'd love for us to go a little bit further and just talk about the practical side of what this looks like in our lives. That's great. I'd love to. It's great to be back. I'm glad to be here and think this is going to be a fun process for us. Cool. So as we're talking about discipleship, one of the things that I know we've talked about before is what does this look like in our lives? Like, is it just us changing our behaviors from just one type of behavior and one type of living to another? Like, what does this look like in our lives practically so where we can see, okay, hey, I'm moving down the right road as it relates to discipleship and growing in my relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I think this is an interesting topic because many people, especially I've heard this from professional people in the world that a man cannot change. Mm. So a man who has this kind of behavior can never change his behavior. That's who he is. That's how he's always going to be. But with God, that's not true. Yeah. With God, a man can actually change. And we're not talking about is just behavioral change. Because many of us have done behavioral modification things where we didn't want to drink more, we didn't want to drink again, or we didn't want to cuss, or we didn't want to do whatever. And these are behavior changes that we had. And what's interesting about God is he knows your behavior really can't change until your heart changes. So for him, it's an inside-out approach. And the reality is there's not one of us in this world that doesn't need to change. Because you think about Romans, Romans 3 says, we've all fallen short. None of us don't really understand God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And when it says all, it means every single one of us. The other thing I think is interesting about Romans, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. While we were still sinners. What does that mean? It means we didn't come to him perfect. And just because we became Christians doesn't mean we are perfect. In fact, it means we're not perfect. So what's great about this is I don't have to be perfect to receive God's love. I don't have to be great to receive God's love. I receive God's love, and then God starts doing the work inside of us. And so I want to talk about that today because I'm excited about that. No, I'm excited. I'm excited about that because I love the fact that you bring out this truth that it's not just a behavior change. It's not just the simple work of, okay, you know, I've done this thing and this isn't like God. And now I'm just going to change this behavior and I'm good now. You're talking about a deeper work Mm -hmm. that is in the heart. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about getting practical with this. What does that look like? Like, what does that heart change look like for us? You know, again, we go back to Matthew 28. We talked about this last week. Go and make disciples. And that's not just a conversion that God wants. He doesn't want you to convert from Muslim to Christianity or Hindu to Christianity or atheist to Christianity, and then we're good. He wants to change your heart. He wants to change you as a person. In fact, the Bible talks about when we become saved, there is a part that he plays more than the part that we play. We play the part to come to him. Hey, we're sinners. We humble ourselves. The Bible says we humble ourselves when we receive his grace. He gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. So when we humble ourselves, he gives us grace. And at that moment, that grace, 
grace starts doing a work inside our hearts that starts to change us from the inside out. So Ezekiel talks about it, and it gives a prophetic sight of what we're going to see in the New Testament when we get saved. And it says this in Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. I want to read this to you. God speaking. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you. You will be clean. Your filth will be washed away. You will no longer worship idols. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. So God is speaking to us and he's saying, it's my job to clean you. And a lot of times, here's what the enemy loves to tell us. The devil, he loves to tell us, you're a Christian, now you got to be perfect. Yeah, it's your job. It's It's your your job. You better figure it out. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to watch that. You're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to drink that. You're not supposed to go there. You're not supposed to wear that. And it's nothing about that. It's God, how do I come to you and get humble and say, God, I can't do any of this. Can you help me? And he has a process. And the Bible tells us what the process is. But it's not easy. (laughs) So you talked a little bit about that process. And even before you go into that, I love just that truth. The truth that it's not just up to us to earn it with our goodness and to earn it with, okay, well, now I do this. It's us yielding ourselves to God Mm -hmm. for the work that he's going to do. And then as he works and transforms us from the inside, you start to see the fruit of that Mm -hmm. on the outside in our actions and how we interact with people and how we engage with our families and the things that we decide not to do anymore, the things we decide to do moving forward. I love that. So talking about that process, I've heard you talk about this a little bit before in other settings, and I would love for us to engage with it now. I know the word has compared that process to like silver Mm -hmm. refining. So I'd love for you to just dive into that a little bit, because I think that's just an amazing illustration. It is. It is. Psalm 6610 says, you have tested us, O God, you have purified us like silver. And then Proverbs 17.3 says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. So when that word test, it's literally saying refinement. The Lord wants to refine our heart. Why does God need to refine our hearts? Because we're all messed up. Every single one of us came to God as sinners. Every single one of us has sin in our hearts. First John says, if you say you're not a sinner, you're not telling the truth. We all have sin. We've all deal with sin every single day. And so how does God refine us? Because the point isn't to live in sin. God doesn't want us to live in sin. He doesn't want us to continue on these bad behaviors that we know are hurting relationships and hurting our families and hurting us. He wants to change us. And the Bible says the way he does that is like silver. So this is pretty cool. I actually went to a YouTube video a long time ago when I was thinking about this. I was processing this from my own life. And God literally had me look up a YouTube video on how silver gets refined. So you can do this on your own. You can go on Google, go to YouTube and find this. And you can find many videos on there about how silver is refined. But I wanted to see what the process looked like. And so I watched this older gentleman in his garage. He was like a hobby silversmith guy. And he literally went out and he mined silver. And then he took us through the process of how it's to actually change and become purified. And so I want to share you with that. Is that cool if I share that with you? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So start off, I mean, if you know this, most of us know this, uh, when you first mine the silver, we call it ore. It's just a rock. Mm -hmm. And we call that the ore. And what happens, the first thing that happens with that ore, and let me tell you, mining for silver is not easy. Like I've been in a silver mine in Arizona and the way they had to do this, it's hard work. But you think about this, evangelism is hard work. To get someone to receive Christ, to humble themselves, to finally recognize that I'm a sinner and I need God, that's hard work. 
Mining's hard work. So now we got you. Now that you're saved, you've submitted yourself to God, it's not over. It's just beginning the process of sanctification. The next piece is they crush the rock. So literally they crush it. They crush it into just little pebbles and it's a crushing period of time. And you think about when you got saved, there was a humbling of your heart. There was a crushing. There was a thought that went through your mind that I can't do this. I need someone to help me. God, if you're real, God, if you're there, would you help me? And it really is a crushing part because you know the behaviors you've done, the things that you've done, the sin that's in your life isn't helping you. It's hurting you. You want to change. You've tried to change. Nothing's working. And so now you come to this moment where God crushes you and says, I'm with you, but you got to give me your heart. So now you give him your heart. The third thing that they do to this rock is they wash it. They just take water and get the dirt off. Now, Relate that to our salvation experience. We just had an outdoor baptism right after Easter. Hundreds of people got baptized. That's the part of the process that God has for us. He baptizes us. He takes us in the water and he pulls us out. The old is now in the water. The new has come out. It's a symbol of what's going on in our hearts. It's a symbol of what's happening in our lives, that we're dying to our flesh and we're leaving it in the grave of the water. We're coming out like Jesus did and we're coming alive for the first time. It's just a washing. And a lot of us in most churches, this is where we stop people's in discipleship process. We just stop them right there. We go, okay, you're good. Now go serve the children. You're good. Now go be an usher, whatever. But there's so much more to it. And we're not even close yet. We're not even to the really nitty gritty of what discipleship really is. Because as a small group leader, you know and I know, when you're dealing with people, people got stuff. Yeah. They're still refining that. I don't care how long they've been saved. We all got stuff. All of us, yeah. So the next piece is they take this rock, they've washed it, they've mined it, they've washed it, they've crushed it, they've washed it, and now they crush it again into fine powder. So they crush it so much that now at this point, it doesn't even look like a rock anymore. It looks more like sand than it does a rock. It looks like powder, if you will. You think about this for us, you know, we get saved, we get water baptized, and then there's a moment in time when you go, man, I can't hang out with the same people I used to hang out with. I can't go to the same places I used to go. And you start feeling this conviction. I had a friend of mine in high school. He got saved at one of our weekend retreats when I was in youth group. And so he came and got saved. And on Monday, he came to me and said, something's wrong with me. I said, what's the problem? He goes, every time I cuss, I feel bad. I didn't used to feel bad when I cussed. There was something <laughs> happening to him on the inside that he felt this conviction from God. And God was crushing him even more going, I need your attention. I need your attention. And so he started making those changes in his behavior. But I can tell you, behavior change isn't necessarily what God's after. He's after your heart. And so it goes even deeper. So this is what they do. After they've crushed it again, brought it into powder, now they mix it with what's called borax. So borax is a chemical cleaning agent. So they take the borax and they take the powder and they put it into a crucible and they turn up the heat to 1,763 degrees. Now that is hot. And they take that thing and they stick it in for a period of time. And what happens is, the borax mixed with the powder, what happens is it starts to have a chemical reaction. And what the chemical reaction does, it starts manifesting its impurities. So all the impurities that are in the silver now start coming to the top. They start bubbling. And you could actually hear things bubbling when I watched the video. It was like pop, 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 pop. You could hear things happening. And so literally the impurities were coming up. Now, how does this relate to us? Because here's the real, let's get down to the brass tacks of being a Christian and living in a world that's full of junk. We are put in the world all the time. Whether it's you're in traffic and you're frustrated, you're trying to get there on time, that traffic, all of a sudden, with the heat of this circumstance, with the circumstance of the traffic, you start feeling anger. You start feeling frustration. You start feeling fear. And so all these impurities start to come out of your heart. And when they do, you got to do something about it. For most of us, we just
just get angry and we just blow it off. But what God's doing is giving us an opportunity to look at our hearts in a time that we probably wouldn't look at our hearts. And he's saying, give me that impurity because how I want you to walk is I want you to be like Jesus and walk in peace. So going back to discipleship, the goal for discipleship really is to become like Jesus. And who is Jesus? He's the Prince of Peace. So everything Jesus did, he did in peace. He didn't rush. He didn't fret. He never got frustrated. He got angry. The Bible says he was angry when he turned the tables over, but even that was premeditated. He was doing it to make a point. He always walked in peace, and that's where God wants us to walk in peace. He wants us to walk in peace, so he puts us in these circumstances that cause us to rise up. For me, it's my wife. She's my borax. I mean, we get in a room, and all of a sudden, she starts telling me things that I don't want to hear, and my insecurities, my whatever starts coming up, and when it comes up, I got to do something about it, and so here's how it works. If you will give God what you're feeling in your heart, he'll take it, and he'll make that air of your heart pure. Yeah. But what he wants you to do is not just take it. He wants you now to replace it with his word. And so his word is what gets inside you and starts to clean you out. So that great exchange is so powerful that we've got to realize that it's not just about getting the junk out, but it's also now letting God have that junk and replacing it in our lives. See, and I want us to talk, and this is probably a topic for another podcast. What exactly does that process of getting the word in look like? Because as you were sharing that, the one thing that kept coming up over and over and over in my mind as you were sharing, you talked about the crushing. You talked about the process with the borax and how the impurities come up. A lot of those processes, a lot of that sounds painful. It is. Like it sounds like, man, yeah. like in the middle of it, yeah. when you're being crushed, yeah. probably if the silver could talk, it's like, yeah. I just feel like I'm being crushed right now. Yeah, and you think about yeah. it, you might feel like, man, I'm just a jerk. Yeah. Or I'm just, I'm terrible. Or I'm having this temptation, this trial, this circumstance in my life. Christians aren't supposed to go through this. But the truth is we're going through it because God's trying to take it out of us. Yeah. So we never think that way again. So it is hard because crushing silver is hard, but it's a process that God takes us through to make us purified. Because once we surrender that, impurity to God and we put the word in us. And we will talk about that. On the next podcast, I definitely want to talk about how do we receive God's word? How do we eat his word? How do we do it? Because that's the really next step in the process of silver. We have to knock off the dross. We have to stand on God's word. We got to stand on his word. We got to let the dross. So today I've been meditating. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. I've been saying that over and over today. I've just been meditating on that word because there's things in my heart that I want out of my heart. And so I'm just standing on that word. And then the next step is once we've got the dross now, knocked off. That guy took the silver, he slammed it on a table, and the dross just kind of fell away. Yeah. And what he had left was a pure piece of silver. And this is what's really cool. The pure piece of silver is the part where God says, now that the silver's gone through the purification, I'm going to give it to a silversmith. And it says this in Isaiah, I'm going to make a necklace out of this. I'm going to make jewelry out of this. I'm going to make a ring out of this. I'm literally going to take you and display. You'll be a display of my splendor. Now you're someone who looks and acts like Jesus. But that process is something we go through every day. At the end of this video, I feel like God said, I want you to give me an example. I want you to tell me something you thought about the guy doing the video. Like, what do you think about the guy? And I was thinking, well, one, he's old. He's kind of boring. He wasn't very entertaining when he was doing it. He was just, just a guy doing a run of his hobbies on a YouTube video. And he goes, well, there's more to it. And I was then I realized he never got mad at the silver. He never said, man, this silver is too impure. I wish I didn't have this silver. Man, I should have got some better silver. I needed some more pure silver. Like this silver is terrible. And he said, that's how I am with you. 
I'm never upset with you because you have impurities in your life. I'm excited to get them out of your life. And the job of discipleship, the job of purification, the job of sanctification, as theologians call it, that job is us allowing those impurities to come up, looking at them, knowing they're ours. James says that's our own evil desires that cause us to sin. So we know it's ours. And Lord, we give these sins to you. And God, will you exchange it with your word? Because here's the scary part in the purification process. If you don't give those impurities to God, they literally go back in. Or Jesus called it like this. He said, when a demon leaves a man, it goes away. He gets cast out. And that part of that area where the demon left in that man is cleaned up. But if you don't replace it with something, that demon comes back with seven of his friends, and you're seven times worse than you were before. So hear this. Even as Christians, not only can we improve because God's with us, but if we don't submit to the process, we can actually get worse. And I've known guys who were Christians who were dabbling in pornography, who dabbling in things, and all of a sudden they got into stuff that was way worse than they were doing before. It was just a minor thing here and there. And, you know, it was just something that maybe they shouldn't look at or do, but it got deeper and deeper and deeper as a Christian. And they found themselves worse off because they wouldn't submit to the process and going, God, I had this lust. I give it to you. I don't want this anymore. Will you replace it with your purity? Will you clothe me with your humility? Will you clothe me with righteousness? And that process is what makes us sanctified. No, that's so good. And I appreciate you sharing that. And the one challenge I'll have for any leader, any person who's listening to this podcast, whether that be the week that it's released, or if you're listening to this a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, the challenge remains the same is to, just as Pastor Todd mentioned several times, submit ourselves to the process. That is even the challenge for me as I'm sitting here listening to this. How can I submit myself to the process? And then further than that, rejoicing in the process Mm -hmm. and trusting the process. And knowing that God knows who we are, he knows how he made us, and he knows what that process, what the end result of that process is going to be. Even if we don't know what the end of that process is going to be for us, uh, we can trust God in that and trust that process and rejoice in it. So thank you, Pastor Todd. Yeah, We're going to connect again because we want to talk a little bit more about what that looks like in terms of getting the word in us and really living out this process day to day. So I'm excited about that for all of you who are listening. Thank you so much again for listening to us. We really enjoyed having you and bringing this to you. And just so you can remember, as you listen to this podcast, share it with anyone who you think may benefit from it. Subscribe to the podcast channel on whatever service that you listen to it on. Share it, rate it, review it. Give us feedback. Let us know what you want to hear about. And we have some additional resources for you on our website at leadwellpeople.com. Again, that is leadwellpeople.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I just want to remind you, as I always do, this is Lead Well, where we sharpen our skills as we strengthen our hearts. So until next time, let's lead well.